Sacktown Sports. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports headlines. The San Antonio Spurs announced Wednesday that French phenom Victor Wembanyama will not be joining the team in Sacramento for the California Classic, but he will join the team in Las Vegas for the NBA Summer League Showcase. If you are like Wemby and won't be in the building July 3rd and 5th for the Classic, you can always tap in at SacktownSports.com. A handful of NFL players are expected to receive season-long suspensions this week after allegedly violating the NFL's policy on gambling. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Indianapolis Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers joins a growing list of subjects implicated in prohibited gambling acts according to league guidelines. The NFL plans to reinforce and clarify its gambling policy to players and personnel amid the rapid proliferation of sports betting. I'm Simone. Those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Welcome back in to Cattles and Rami. Live and local in the afternoon. They always keep you on edge. Cattles and Rami on Sacktown Sports. Third hour of the radio program. Thanks for joining us as always. We appreciate you. We're going to be keeping folks updated on the NHL draft, right? Oh, absolutely. Going live to it. Uh, here, here's here's my first prediction. Let's see if I get this right. Okay. Connor Bedard goes first. To my Blackhawks. In this draft. Yes. You heard it here first. It's not because everybody knows that's going to happen. It's because I am telling you this. Nick knows. He's got you inside guys info. didn't hear that in my headline? Oh, of course I heard that in okay, your headline, thank you. Simone. So, that was in your headline. We are uh, inching closer to a big day on Friday. Big, big day on Friday. The NBA free agency day that we've been waiting for. And uh, we told you at the beginning of the week, there's going to be a lot of stuff said, written, all of those things. So get ready. Most of this is, is stuff that's thrown against the wall. But ESPN came out with what pretty much every outlet comes out with at this time of year, their free agency preview. And in this preview, Rami, three of the four insiders for ESPN essentially say the Kings have the most to prove and that they need to take a big swing. Do you think the Kings have the most to prove in the NBA during this offseason? Um... I mean, I think perceptually, yes, Nick, because for whatever reason, I mean, you look at you look at the the championship NBA finals odds for next year and literally with three players under contract, three rostered players, they'd have you believe that the Lakers have a better chance of winning a championship than the Sacramento Kings do. I think that for for them to take that next step and for them for for them to be taken seriously by by the basketball world and to not just think oh that was a cute little story the Sacramento Kings in in 2023 of getting the 3 seed but you already have people saying well they they were so much health and we've talked about it Nick they were so much healthier than everybody else and they capitalized on that i think for for them to go into the season being taken seriously you're going to need to add to what you already did last year. You're going to need to to make some sort of significant addition 
for folks to be talking about the Kings in in a real way as some kind of Western Conference or championship contender. I don't think people are necessarily there yet, despite, you know, we've we've played some of the sound bites of, of people putting them on their various lists right. uh, and, and or whatever the case might be. But, yeah, I, th- I think they do have a lot to prove to, to a lot of people around the NBA and the basketball world. I'm glad you brought that up because going back a few weeks ago, we had all of this momentum from ESPN putting the Kings over, to use a wrestling term, this idea that they were going to be a top five contending team, top four contending team, depending on the personality working at ESPN on a given day, that's what you would get. Then I move forward to this today, and it just feels like that the Kings are being built up to like almost needle them, right? Well, I think they're going to be a contender. They're going to be a top five contender. That's why there's so much off-season pressure on them. That's why they need to make all of these moves. They need to make a gigantic splash because if they don't, then they will not be who we think that they could be. It's all kind of tied in together. The fact is there are a lot of teams, to me, that have much more on the line this offseason than the Kings do. And for anybody to act as if this was like, oh, the end-all, be-all offseason for the Kings, is, is, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Now, we did say I think they need to upgrade to be better, and I want them to upgrade. But to say that they are the team with the most – how about the Lakers? With 39-year-old LeBron James, the window closing. Reports are that they're deciding to to bring everybody back pretty much. They're just going to run it back from last year. A lot to prove. How about Kyrie and Luka in Dallas if Kyrie stays in Dallas, which seems we talked about this earlier on the show. Adrian Wojnarowski saying that Kyrie is pretty much, for all intents and purposes, already back to Dallas. Kyrie and Luka, can they work as a partnership? Dallas might lose Luka if they don't win. Over the next year or two. You're not telling me that's pressure? How about Golden State, who just brought in Chris Paul, making that an absolute one to two year window for the Warriors with them aging and and being hurt an awful lot? You don't think there's a ton of pressure on them? You don't think they have a lot to prove that that move was the right move? How about the Celtics, who traded Marcus Smart for Porzingis? Mm hmm. You don't think the Celtics have a lot to prove after losing Game 7 in Boston to Miami in the way that they did? You don't think they have a ton to prove in a window that many people think is a two-year window because the new CBA and maybe with Jalen Brown eventually being on the block 365 days from Friday? You don't think they have a lot to prove? Milwaukee, we talked about this earlier. They're deciding to run it back. According to Mark Stein, Brooke Lopez will be back. Looks like Chris Middleton is going to be back. Even Jay freaking Crowder is going to be back, likely, to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's decision to run it back. What if they just age out? What if the the five-game uh, series against the Miami Heat was the beginning of the end? They bring all those guys back, and they just look older, and they're not any better this year. And Giannis is frustrated. They don't have a lot to prove. Like, ultimately, if the Kings improve their team, they upgrade. And let's say, Rami, they fall back to, like, the fifth seed or sixth seed. Is that the absolute worst thing in the world? No. Now, you'd like them to finish in the top three. You'd like them to build on this year. But as we talked about earlier in the show, there is a scenario that you're actually better this coming year than you were past 
this past year, talent-wise, on paper-wise, but maybe you're not as healthy. Maybe other teams around you have a better regular season. Maybe you get off to a slow start. If you fall back to like the fifth or sixth seed, it's not the end of the world. So are the Kings one of the teams you can talk about? Yes, of course. And they should be talked about because also they're fascinating. People are looking at the fact that you have and and who do we talk? Uh, oh, it was um oh geez, we had him on on Monday, Keith Smith. Yes, and I asked him how rare who you it is. actually text to get him I, on the show. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, reached out directly. I I asked him how rare it is and couldn't that, remember who it was that <laughs> that a team who finished third in their conference is 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 number three the the subsequent summer in terms of cap space and have $36 million to work with. And he said that that doesn't happen all that often. Usually that happens with younger rosters that have sort of accelerated the, the rebuild process, have gotten too competitive faster than, than folks within the building thought that they could. This is the, I think this is a team that a lot of people are looking at and going, oh, okay, you're the three seed and you have $35 million to work with. You better show me something. We, yeah, we better we better see something next year from this basketball team. Beeman brings up a great a great option with this conversation. Phoenix. Beeman says nowhere near the most pressure. Phoenix mortgage their future and their depth. Yep. New owner and everything. Tons of pressure in Phoenix. Absolutely. It's not to say that the Kings should not try to upgrade and that there's zero pressure on them. It's just to try to buy this narrative from three out of the four ESPN's insiders saying they have the most to prove. No, they don't. No, they don't. De'Aaron Fox is still in his mid-20s. Sabonis is 27. Keegan just got drafted into the league last year. Herter is young. Their entire core is like, you know, 25, 24 to 27 or 28. We all want them to play well this year. We all want them to win. We all want them to do better this year than they did last year. But it doesn't mean, oh, my God, the world is ending <laughs> if, if they don't finish as a top two or three seed in the Western Conference. So your thoughts on that? ESPN saying that the Kings have the most to prove this offseason in the NBA. 916-339-1140 is the text line. The phone number is 1-800-920-1140. You can always catch up with us on YouTube, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. Some great traffic there today as we talk Kings offseason. Give us that uh, thumbs up. We always appreciate the likes. We're up to 29 today. I'd hey. uh, love to see uh, a 50 spot possibly. 50 burger would be nice. During this uh, Wednesday. So we'll get to your reaction on Hate the it, Kings. People. Do it. Do you believe they have the most to prove this offseason? Also, problem. is one NBA team about to make a gigantic free agent mistake. We'll give you the latest on that in 90 seconds. With you one mile at a time during the afternoon drive. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. Lots of reaction in the YouTube chat. How about RS from Rancho? I'm looking at the free agent list, and what's Russell Westbrook worth? Not a lot. A turkey sandwich. Not to this. Uh, not to this team. Yeah, no. Out, out on Westbrook. 
Now, you know, maybe he would uh, make a lot of sense for other teams. I'm sure. I'm sure he could. Oh, somebody's going to pay Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he gets. I'm interested to see what he gets in the in the market. I thought he helped the Clippers. I th- he I th- did. He played well with the Clippers. And I, I, if I'm the Clippers, I'm trying to bring him back, especially with all with all the question marks surrounding Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard constantly. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to the Kings, of course. Uh, so much Kings talk on the way. We've we've talked about them for for most of this week so far, and we're going to just continue to talk more about them as we get closer to free agency on Friday. But there are other things happening in the NBA which are inevitably related and will impact the Kings as well. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, three-year, $60 million extension with the Bulls. We could, you know, wait to see what the money is actually looking like as far as partial guarantees or any of that stuff. Uh, It it is interesting with the idea that we talked about Domas's extension and whether or not Monty will give Domas that extension this summer. It's very interesting uh, to, to see these numbers come in for Vucevic. How how do you feel about Vucevic compared to Domas? Is Domas worth 18 to 20 million more than Vucevic is? You know front offices play this game. Is Monty looking at Vucevic's deal and, and going back to Domas and telling him, hey, look, we think you're more 30 million. I don't, I don't want to overlook one thing, by the way, about the Domas extension stuff. Jake Fisher in his story yesterday mentioned a four-year, $120 million extension for Domas. Now, was Fisher mentioning that in his story because he heard that directly from a source and that they might get a four-year, $120 million deal done? If so, oh, baby, sign me up. If, if, if somehow, some way, you can get Domas... On a four-year, $120 million extension, you do that right now. And so you wonder, if you look at Vucevic's deal, you look at, you know, $20 million a year for Vucevic, does that help Monty? It could. But it might not. Bam Adebayo's at $32 million a year. There's other centers making thirty to $40 million a year. Sabonis, of course, coming off of an all-NBA season. It's just always interesting to see these deals come in because that's what GMs are doing. They're looking at similar positions, right? They're looking at those positions and saying, all right, how much is that guy going to make and how much is he really worth? How much do I want to pay him? So Vucevic is going to stay in uh, Chicago, which obviously does not have Rami uh, throwing any kind of individual personal parade. Plan the parade. (laughs) Run it back, baby. Get the parade chair ready, everybody. Get it ready. Organization. Uh, meanwhile, Cattles and Rami on a hump day, hump day. Lots of James Harden, Houston Rockets talk. Remember that at the end of the postseason? Mm-hmm. Everybody was telling us that it, it was a fait accompli. James Harden would be a Houston Rocket. First day of free agency, he going to get the bag. Done deal. From the Rockets. Well, that has significantly Headed died down. Headed to the club. Yeah. Well, what we've learned is that James can get to a club at, from anywhere. Yes. Gonna find it. During the playoffs, he was willing to go from Philly to Vegas to find a club. Then came out in game one and dropped forty two on the Celtics. True. And then played like a pig in in the rest of the series. <laughs> Had two really good games and five pretty bad ones. But uh needed more time in Vegas. We digress. That talk has significantly died down. Hard into Houston. Here's ESPN's Brian Windhorse with the latest. 
I don't think just because he opts out of it, which I would expect him to do, it means that he's leaving. Um, he took a significant pay cut last year to help the Sixers uh, build up that roster. They did. They signed P.J. Tucker. They traded for DeAnthony Melton. And so he, frankly, is kind of in a little bit of debit based on his production. So I expect the Sixers' offer to be considerably higher on whatever number of years it is. So um, the indications are that James Harden is going to remain in Philadelphia. I would not say for sure it's a done deal, but those are the indications. And really it will come down to what sort of contract they negotiate. Considerably higher than $35.6 million for Harden. I'm not surprised. I'm not at all surprised. John Hollinger in his list of top 25 free agents had James Harden over 40. I think it was $46 million My is, God. What, is what he had him making. My God, that's yeah. outrageous. It's going to happen, man. Somebody, and it's sounding more and more like Philly, is just like I said about Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet but even more so when it comes to James Harden. Somebody is going to drastically overpay for this man's services to not win a championship. This is 100%. And be okay with it. This is 100% tied to last year. Wendy brought it up a little bit there. The wink-wink deal was done. We said it. Of like, take the pay cut this year. Yes. We'll give you a nice big raise next year. I said it at the time. Daryl Morey. I would have pulled off that if I'm Philly. <laughs> Morey and Harden are tied at the hip. And when Harden took that wink-wink team-friendly deal, when he didn't have to, we talked about it, and we said, he's going to get taken care of. He's going to end up getting taken care of by Philly. So am I surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised whatsoever. Because we had talked about this happening a year ago. I hope, anybody listening to this show right now, I hope that you find love in your life that is as strong as the love Daryl Morey has for James Harden. He can't quit James Harden. He loves James Harden. It's like my love for coffee. Had him in Houston, has him in Philly. Remember, when Harden got traded to Philly, Morey met him coming off of the, the, the jet. And there was this video of this big, gigantic huggy. Maury was holding. You remember when, uh, Rami, you don't because you weren't here at the time. But when Domas was traded and he played the first game with Fox. I think it was the first game. It was one of the first, even the first or the second. And Fox and Domas embraced late in the game. Like, and Fox just gave Domas the biggest bear hug. Like, I love you, man. Like, it was like it was intense. I'm so happy you're here. It was intense. Fox gave everything to Domas in that hug. That's what Maury did when Harden arrived off the private jet to Philly. There's video of it. There are photos of it. Daryl Maury loves James Harden. And if he has to pay James Harden considerably more than $35.6 million to keep him, he's going to do it. That relationship is solid. And even though I don't enjoy James Harden, I've never enjoyed his game. I think his style of play drives me crazy. The, the dribble, 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 step back, three stuff, the... I'm gonna I'm gonna dribble Fall until down, yeah I'm gonna dribble until four seconds left on the shot clock and get into the paint and throw my body into three defenders. Mm-hmm. I I can't a little bit better with Philly because he facilitates more, but I just I just can't enjoy that. The fact is Philly can't really replace him. 
if you lose him, what do you do to replace him? You got Maxi on a deal. You got Tobias Harris's deal. You could trade Tobias Harris, but you're not going to get you. Then you're going to lose Harris and Harden. And who do you replace those two guys with? You're not going to get somebody who can give you more production than those two off that trade of, of Tobias Harris. You've got Embiid's gigantic deal. Philly's stuck. It's like you either go, okay, we'll just let Harden walk and Tyrese Maxey's going to be the guy with Joel Embiid. Or you bring Harden back. So they're, they're, it's just stuck between a rock and a hard place. That's just fact. So not too surprised, but that's a, gig- and, that's a gigantic. And might drive Joel Embiid away within a year or two if this doesn't work. And to go back to the short-term contracts, what's the term? If it's if it's two years, eighty million, and you're saying we're going to take another bite at the apple because of the new CBA is going to crush us, then it makes more sense. But man, that's a lot of a lot of shkadol. Uh We'll continue with the uh, Kings talk. Also, Derek Carr has finally sounded off on the Raiders. What do you say? Find out next. Sacktown Sports headlines. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports headlines. The San Antonio Spurs announced Wednesday that French phenom Victor Wembanyama will not be joining the team in Sacramento for the California Classic, but he will join the team in Las Vegas for the NBA Summer League Showcase. If you are like Wemby and won't be in the building July 3rd and 5th for the Classic, you can always tap in at SacktownSports.com. A handful of NFL players are expected to receive season-long suspensions this week after allegedly violating the NFL's policy on gambling. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Indianapolis Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers joins a growing list of subjects implicated in prohibited gambling acts according to league guidelines. The NFL plans to reinforce and clarify its gambling policy to players and personnel amid the rapid proliferation of sports betting. And San Francisco Giants upstairs visiting the Blue Jays today and getting absolutely cooked at the bottom of the first. Blue Jays up 5 nothing. I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked. <laughs> I'm Simone, those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Welcome back into Cattles and Rami. Live and local in the afternoon. They always keep you on edge. Cattles and Rami on Sacktown Sports. Mic check. Let's give away Mike some tickets. How about that? Mic check. Mic check. Might as well, right? Mic check. Let's get some tickets out there to the people. All right. The people we love. The people that we appreciate. The uh, Folsom Lake Honda Hotline slash contest line is your way that you can win a couple pairs of tickets. Actually, a pair of tickets. Not a couple of pairs. A pair of tickets to see Mike Epps. He's lacing up a comedy set at the Hard Rock Casino live on November 10th. Again, all you got to do is call the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. And be caller number 8 to the contest line. 1-800-920-1140 is that phone number. 1-800-920-1140. Call number 8 to that contest line. Wins a pair of tickets to see Mike Epps. Again, who will be at the uh, Hard Rock Casino live on November 10th. So if you don't have anything on the calendar November 10th, if you're calling number 8, you now have something on that calendar. Congratulations to caller number 8. 
to 1-800-920-1140. Before we move forward here, Derek Carr spitting some hot fire at the Raiders. I did want to mention this text, uh, 916-339-1140. We we talked about the fact that I don't drink coffee, and um, I am very offended by this text. And really, Kyle should be offended too because Kyle doesn't drink coffee. And the text line, uh, this person called us aliens. They are aliens, dot, dot, dot. And then I am very offended by this next line. I just thought. So JR called the show the other day and, and said I was Joe Pesci. Yes. Because I was worked up. Yeah. Text line, no coffee. Actually, that explains a lot about Dollar Store Joe Pesci. Uncalled for. Dollar Store Joe Pesci. <laughs> uncalled for, texter. Funny, but uncalled for. Does explain a lot, though. I mean, talk about a shot to the groin. Dollar Store Joe Pesci. That one hurts. I know, I know coffee amps you up, but maybe... What do you want to say? It's so good. Just really, really good. Fresh. It's hot. Smells maybe so good. Maybe you're cranky sometimes because you're tired, and maybe some coffee would be just what you need to mellow you out. I'm not very tired, to though. To mellow, mellow out the crankiness. Like last night, I was up until 1230 off four hours of sleep. Hmm. You haven't even been mean today, except for the threatening to oh, fight me thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I almost had you come into the studio to pummel you for live. physical but... beating, yes. We were just being turkeys out here. And then other than that. Uh, I think I've been on my best behavior, honestly. Yeah, I don't know what this texter has to be upset about. I mean, coffee, if you've never had it before, don't consume it. It's not that big a deal. Dollar store Joe Pesci. I mean, that's a that's a personal shot. It is. Anyway. A good one, too. You don't help. All right, so uh, let, let's get back to sports because that's what we do. Sports! wonder if Derek Carr likes coffee. Ah, that Kyle trying to tie it in here. So as we know, Derek Carr, the Vegas Raiders, they had a divorce, people. And it was not, not many divorces are nice or amicable. This one was certainly not very nice or amicable the way it ended. If you remember, the Raiders decided at the end of the season last year that they would sit, God bless you. Thank you. Um, that they would sit Derek Carr the last few weeks of the season and uh, give My us check. the Jared Stidham experience. So Carr was mostly professional on his end at the time. Mm-hmm. I remember he spoke at a church, and people were wondering if he was going to say something, but he was very professional about it. And uh, we all thought that that was going to be the end of it. But for whatever reason, apparently <laughs> Derek Carr over the last couple of months, he's had some thinking that he's been doing. And uh, he is changing his tune, and, and now, I don't know if I'd say going after the Raiders, but he's certainly not... Not holding back. Not holding back his thoughts on on how it all ended in, in, in the organization itself. And he said this to the uh, Fresno B. I was, for lack of a better term, very upset. I was mad. You spend nine years in a place, you have all the records, and you can play at a high level, and for something to get in the way, whether it was whatever reason, money-related or whatever, injury-related, I would have said I don't even want the money just to play two more times in front of our fans. I didn't get that opportunity, so it definitely lit a fire inside me to keep going. I don't blame him. 
things didn't end the way that he wanted them to end. Athletes and especially quarterbacks are are super prideful people, man. And I I I would I would expect that to light a fire under a Derek Carr that he was benched and unceremoniously disposed of by the Raiders after almost a decade of of pretty pretty good and loyal service to 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 the Raiders while there was a lot of chaos and nonsense happening around him. He was one of the few sort of reliable people within that organization and that's the way you're shown the door. You're not you're not going to be happy about that. I don't blame him one bit. Uh so we'll we'll get to that uh We'll continue with those thoughts in a minute, but I do want to pass along a little bit of uh, King's news. I don't know if this is breaking news. I mean, I guess it is breaking news. Go ahead and fire up the breaking news. This is a, an, excuse, an excuse to hit the sounder. Let's go. We got breaking news from Woj on the Kings. Kyle is uh, furious. When it breaks, we have it first. It's Sacktown Sports breaking news. He was uh, furiously scrambling to find the, uh, the breaking news, and he found it. So here it is. Adrian Wojnowski tweets out. Oh, man, here we go. The Kings are picking up Kessler Edwards. Team option. Woo! Let's go! So there you have it. We now have eight people on the roster. Kessler Edwards, uh, his option picked up by the Kings. $1.9 million team option. Hell yeah. Go get me a lawn chair. Put on that parade route. I mean, in all seriousness, there is is a pocket... uh, of fans that will be very, very interested in this because there are a pocket of fans that love themselves some Kessler Edwards. Now, our friend Keith Smith that joined us on Monday does bring up an an interesting point here. It's $1.9 million, but it is $1.9 million that cuts into the cap space that you had. Now, you can do some other things to make some other room, right? It's all that stuff, but... It is a very interesting decision uh, because it, it does cut into that that cap space. Now, Edwards, Adam L. in the YouTube chat, you know, saying Edwards played great last year. He he played okay given his opportunity. I wouldn't say great. I think he had a couple of good games, but obviously he was not nearly ready to be a rotational player in the playoffs. He is a he is a nice. I don't know if project would would be too harsh, but he's somebody that's got some potential that you want to try to develop and grow. And so for one point nine million dollars, it, it makes a ton of sense to bring him back as a as a very, very uh, deep part of, of the bench as a wing. I would have to imagine Monty will do more than bring back Kessler Edwards at the wing position. But it, it's bringing a guy back that has some institutional knowledge. And uh, somebody who can, if you need him for five to ten minutes, could play five to ten minutes. He, he showed that he can play some defense. Uh, his shot was not very consistent whatsoever. But he, he showed some flashes. He showed enough flashes that this makes sense. You just, again, you wonder, the cap space thing, it's a very, very small piece of the cap, but it is $2 million you just knocked off of the 35 and a half. So now you're working with like 33. Again, it's not a huge number, but maybe this tells us that the Kings know exactly what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's also coming off the heels of James Ham saying that the Kings are back at the negotiating table with Harrison Barnes. Are those two two things linked? I don't know. They could be. 
They could be. But uh, as of right now, the only news is that Woj is telling us that Kessler Edwards uh, picked up. The team option was picked up on Edwards. And again, it, it makes sense for that small amount of uh, of coin to bring him back here into the fold. You didn't want to see a revolt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of the Kessler Edwards fan base. So uh, that's the news from Woj this hour. And Derek Carr... As far as his comments, uh, you know, he also said that he survived about 20 coaches, and that's how it goes. They made his wife cry. Made his wife cry. they benched him. And the benching thing I understand from the Raiders' side. I mean, that's part of the business. They had a $40 million, uh, you know, caveat to the contract that if if Derek Carr was injured and couldn't pass a physical, they they would have to own $40 million. So... They had no shot at making the playoffs. If they played Derek Carr and Carr got hurt and they were stuck with $40 million to pay him, that would have been an all-time boneheaded decision by the front office and the management. So I understand I understand both sides. I understand Derek I Carr's say, side. I you can understand the, car, the Raiders yeah. and Carr's side. Because he didn't, he didn't have a chance to say goodbye and kind of you know walk off the field on his terms and, and all that. But from the team standpoint, they weren't going to risk $40 million bucks to an injured quarterback. They just wanted to risk you know $20-plus million to an injured quarterback. Kind of, sort of. They can get out of Jimmy G's deal. So, uh, I understand both sides of that coin, though. All right. Draft Mockery's coming up. We're in the room, and we're checking boards. Do you think we're being serious? Nah. It's the Mockery Draft. We do it every Friday at this time. and Friday? Uh, every Thursday, <laughs> not Wednesday. that either. Every Wednesday at this time, we do the draft mockery, mockery draft, whatever big voice guy is deciding to call it. And uh, it's just, you know, we just draft a cup of coffee of the day. Trying to cut back from five to three. Yep. That's I what's think happening. you need that extra cup today. I'm trying, Kyle. I'm trying. I like that you're doing something to be healthy. Well, thank you. I, I seek your approval, Kyle, and all things that I do. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're. Happy for me and proud of me that I'm trying to better myself and drink less coffee. But draft mockery is a pretty simple concept. It's just we we draft random things. And Nick, who I'm sure will be coming back in the studio here any moment, he was listening to uh, Sirius XM Radio, one of their hip-hop channels. That's right. right. And uh, they were doing a countdown of the top... 500. 500 is an obscene number that should never be utilized for countdowns. The top 500 rap and hip-hop songs of all time. And I just want to know who was the poor soul or poor, poor souls that were tasked with putting together that list. It's kind of it's kind of intimidating, right? Yes. 500 is a daunting number. It's a huge number. And I'm what, almost like a hundred is like okay, that's formidable, but you know we can we can figure that out, and at least that'll be challenging. Five hundred is ridiculous. At what point? Because I'm sure there was like a committee. I'm sure there was a group of people. Nick will be back in a minute. I see you guys wonder. I'm sure there was a group of people and a committee that that were involved in this thing. At what point, if you're one of the people in that room, do you just throw up your hands and go, "Yeah, sure." You know what I mean? Like, are you going to sit there and passionately debate 375 versus 376? Right, over, uh, 
You know what yeah. I mean? And who deserves to be where? And I this think- is where I struggle today, too, with it. I don't know whether or not to base it off of lyricism for hip-hop, or do we go, is it more of a comprehensive, you know, idea? Or do I approach it with, like, you know, is it so good because of its popularity? I don't know. I don't know. I I went ahead and I have a so we're drafting our favorite rap and hip hop songs today. That'll be today's yes. draft mocker. <laughs> Somehow the one week JJ's not here and you filled in with this pale yes. little skinny yes. white boy. Yes, with, that was not planned. That is not how we. <laughs> I know it's just so happen. unfortunate. But I it I think wasn't it's by design. But I I definitely I couldn't ju- because it's impossible. Like for me, when you ask things like this, like yeah. your favorite movie. Your favorite song, your favorite food, whatever, like things that I just, uh, there are too many for me to pick, too many that I love for me to pick from. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. So I just picked, we have three rounds usually. Welcome back, Nick. I just picked like the three artists or groups that most influenced me and started going through their catalogs and trying to pick a favorite song of theirs, which I can't even do that. That was a very interesting approach. To be quite honest with you. See, I was so... I don't know where to go with this. I just searched Spotify like some pedestrian today. And I was like, like, oh, yeah, I like that one a lot. And then, yeah, my list was just obscene. I got people asking me, how did it go? I was telling my friends I'm picking this. And it's just, it's been a... It's been a thing, and I can't wait to see how our draft goes. I'm just picking three songs I like. Nick, did uh, you vehemently disagree with any of the 500 songs that ended up on that list? (laughs) Were you like, that's 174? Are you kidding me? It was, I was, so I was driving home yesterday, and 99 Problems was on. And 99 Problems was like, it was like, oh, I do too. And it was like somewhere in the three hundreds, and I thought to myself, "Outrageous! How how is ninety nine problems? The great Rick Rubin, the great Jay Z. How in the world is that song in like the mid to high three hundreds?" <laughs> and then I thought to myself, "You know what? I don't really have the time to go through the list and try to figure out if that's justified." You started to, and then you were like, "I'm not doing this." I got to like four, and I was like, "Okay, I'm not even doing this with myself, much less a room full of people." And I realized like it's just way too time consuming and, and ridiculous. It's a ridiculous do. task, really, when you think about it. All right, so let's get to the list now. We've got uh, Rami, Simone, myself, and then uh, Kyle. Rami, we're gonna do the uh, the old favorite, your favorite hip hop songs. Now, you know, as you guys were saying, it's it's pretty difficult to to run around and and, and through the internet and try to figure out. Okay, what are my ten best and. It's not, impossible. Yeah, we're not necessarily like ranking these as our best. They're just ten of our favorites. They're not our ten favorites because this exercise might take a long time. So here we go. Let's get this thing started. Uh, Rami, the order again. You, what was the order again? It goes Rami, uh-huh. Simone, myself, and then uh, Kyle. All right. I'm going to start off with uh, the guy who's probably my favorite rapper growing up. Still, maybe my favorite rapper. Uh, to this day, and that's Tupac Shakur. And I don't know if you heard, Nick, you were walking in the room as I was describing my strategy. Impossible for me to just pick my favorite hip-hop songs. Yeah, very difficult. I just picked three artists and then tried to pick my favorite song of theirs, which still, almost an impossible task, but I went with Hit'em Up. Tupac, Hit Em Up is going to be my number one pick. Tupac, Hit Em Up. All right. uh... Just the epitome of, like, 
battle rap, East Coast, West Coast, just ruthless unleashing on your on your arch enemy. In this case, the Notorious B.I.G. All right, let's go to uh, Simone. Simone, okay. second. I will go ahead and go the other way with you. I'm taking the big papa with Hypnotize. Mm, That's just also. one of my one of my favorites. I remember it was in one of my favorite movies growing up, so I, I have to take that one off. Big also horn. on the draft board. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Biggie. All right. Uh, I'm going to, for the beginning of my list, 99 problems. It's going to go uh, towards a little bit of the, I don't know if you'd even call it old school. I guess for Kyle it would be old school. For me it's not so old school, but it's somewhere there, in the middle there. I'm going with most deaf and Talib Kweli definition off the Black Star album. Yes. Every time that song is on, I can't help but rap along with it. I, I absolutely adore that song. I can listen to that song every day for the rest of my life and be very happy. Oh, we're going to have to rejoin with it. So uh, give me definition, most deaf, Talib Kweli. All right, Kyle, you got back to back. First one I'm going to go with, the beginning of this song just always gets me. So He got his own music. He cuts his own music. Wow. This is on my list, too. Yeah, Excellent just work. always good DRE. That's really good song. I'm going to put that one down. And since everyone's picking songs in the from the 90s, I'll go a little more recent. We're going to go Going Bad by Meek Mill and Drake. That is uh, on wow. my list. Good one. The, the, song, the, the song that squashed beef. I'm going to take that one. I like it. What's a song that just came out with J. Cole that I really like? All My Life? Yes. Love that nice. song. Nice. Yeah, Look at love you. that song. That album is really good. Would recommend if anyone hasn't heard it. I'm going to stick old school, man. I'm going to stick with the old school. And my first pick was East Coast Old School with Most Def and Talib Kweli. I'm going West Coast for the second one. This is one of my favorites of all time. Uh,. Regulate Warren G. Nate Dog. Yeah, that's a good pick. When that, yes. That's a really good pick. That thing just, that, yeah. that song is that thing bangs. awesome. I used to go to my bar in Virginia Beach and get the old touch tunes. I would I would play that. I have no idea what that is. Every single touch, touch tunes. It's like a jukebox. Yeah. You know what it is. You do know. Kyle, I guarantee you put many. All right, so I'm going uh I'm going with regulate Warren G. Nate Dog as my second. All right. All right, Simone. Oh, it's back to me. Yes, yes. It is. already. Have to go with more of a modern classic here. Please take off the board DNA Kendrick Lamar. That was on my list. Absolutely. And that was yeah. on my list. DNA Kendrick great Lamar. Pick. That is a great uh, pick. That album just it it hits me every time. Back around to me. Of course. The soundtrack of my high school years was the Beastie Boys. Uh, I could not have this list without a Beastie Boys song. You might take one of my It was my just others. a matter of which Beastie Boys song. I totally agree. It was going to be. Um, and I haven't narrowed it. I've narrowed it down to two. I'm still trying to pick to this moment which one it's going to be. I'll just go. I'll just go with the origin story and Paul Revere. Ah, Give me Paul Revere. That's on my, my list. Second pick. That's on my Paul Revere is one of my favorite songs. It was a Christmas party at my old radio station. And two two guys, two of my buddies were up there trying to do karaoke of Paul Revere. Yeah, and, you can't. And I saved <laughs> oh, them. No. I can't do the original version anymore. That is not. I an had option. to. Uh, I had to jump on the stage and, and save them from themselves. Good call. So. That's a good call. Well, uh, I did the song, so it probably wasn't a good call. <laughs> but I just, I, I, they were, they were struggling. <laughs> oh, so, you didn't uh, stop them from doing the song. No. Oh, no. Nick just took over. <laughs> I took oh over. no. Oh boy. That's not good. Oh, All right. No. Uh, then back around. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it was like my initial reaction. What am I going to do? I get it. I get it. Uh, I get a second pick in a row, right? I'm going to go with uh, the Notorious B.I.G. and Juicy with my mm. third and ah. final pick. Verlaud had mentioned that one ah. earlier. Okay. Another okay. great karaoke yes. go-to, which you actually yes. can still do. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's go to Simone. Yeah. I, again, am going to take a page out of the more contemporary uh, pieces here. This one, uh, Monster by Kanye West. I know he's kind of canceled. But, I mean, God, Nikki throws it down. Jay throws it it down. It's just, I mean, a disgusting track. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend. I have so many. I have so many, but I'm going to (sighs) go. Can I take another old school one? I feel like I have to. You can do whatever do you it, want. Yeah. Go for it. What makes you happy? Baby. It, yeah. This is the first song I think I danced to publicly at my cousin's wedding way back in the day. Uh, you've never danced, so. <laughs> Rob, you, ba- Rob Bass, DJ, Easy Rock, It Takes Two. It Takes Two That's to a Make a one. Thing Go Love right. it. Love it. That's going it way, way back. Love it. Still don't believe you've danced, but yeah, solid that's, pick. That's, that's All right, fiction. Kyle, finish this up here, brother. I'm going to go Kendrick Lamar, differ from Simone, because DNA, not one of his better songs. Whoa. It's a controversial take okay, I have. Okay, now I'm going to fight mean, Kyle. You didn't have to throw shade at Simone. You could just make your pick. Yeah. yeah. Nobody was. going to go Money Trees. Money Trees, Kendrick That's Lamar. That's a great song. All right, others, throw them out quickly. Get your freak on. Hot in here. Oh, without me. Missy Elliott. Jigga what? Uh, go about, DJ. Uh, Scenario, Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> Coming home, Kanye Mass West. Appeal. I love coming home. Renegade, Jay Z, and Eminem. Straight out of Compton. Renegade's awesome. I, that was going to be mine if it wasn't a takes two. Renegade's was, tremendous. There was a bunch of NWA I yeah. wanted to draft. I'll go Biggie. I'll go Biggie. A little bit more of a of a deep cut. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Give Me the Loop. Love that. Give me the song. loop. Give me the loop. Such a good storyteller. Step into a world. KRS One. Yes, KRS One. My friend uh, told me to get that on the list. Bust ice, rhymes. ice, baby. You can throw uh, vanilla you, ice. You can throw a vibrant thing in there. Vibrant thing. Love that one too. How do you want it? Mm. I, I'm upset that I don't have any Luda on my list. Anything by Snow. Classic. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> no, you guys. <laughs> I mean, Wu-Tang, too. Shazam. Yes. The Mystery of Chess oh Box. Yes. I love that Anything song. Anything Wu-Tang. That, I should have had that one on my list. See, it's, that's why. It's impossible. It's impossible. But the Mystery of Chess Box. That's why I just picked three artists and went from there. Jason Downey said Wu-Tang. There wasn't Protect enough, your neck. There wasn't enough um, female rappers on our list, and that's upsetting. Jojo Rose. I mean, you had picks, too. Some DMX. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to say now, here, and now, Missy Elliott as well. Uh, DMX from uh, Joe DeRose. X going to give it to you. So there you go. Too much good stuff. We could name 100 of them. Yeah. All right, more Kinks Talk next.